Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Hi guys, this is the 49er Fearful UK show and I'm very happy to say this is the first preview show of the season. On today's show I'm joined by Naji Karar, Gareth Ellis and Paul Hope. Hello guys. Hello, hello everyone. Hi everyone. Good evening everyone, hope everyone's okay. I hope all you are okay and you've been keeping safe and well during uh, the lockdown and what looks as though it's going to be a second wave of the lockdown. Yeah, seems seems like it's on the way, but uh, you know, hopefully we'll have football to to help us through it. Yes, indeed. So talking about football, first game, Arizona Cardinals. The head-to-head, the 49ers lead the series 31-26. We managed to sweep the cards in two very close games last season. The Cardinals had, in my opinion, a very good draft and took a player that I think will be in the conversation for defensive rookie of the year in the shape of Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. They managed to pick the pockets of the Texans and brought in DeAndre Hopkins for next to nothing, giving them a formidable receiving core to complement the running game of both Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake. They've added to the defensive line with two athletic tackles who I'm assuming have been drafted to slow down our running game. And they've also added experience on the line in the form of Jordan Phillips. Overall, the Cardinals have a much improved roster than last year and will be looking to compete for the division title. Over the two games last season, Jimmy completed 62 of 82 passes attempted for 741 yards, 8 touchdowns and 2 interceptions. He averaged 9 yards per attempt and finished with a passer rating of 125.1. 7 of the 20 incompletions were drops by our receivers. (laughs) Another important Point to note, George Kittle only played one of the eight quarters of football against the Cardinals and he was injured for the majority of that quarter. However, that didn't stop him amassing 79 yards and one touchdown while he was on the field. So George Kittle is definitely going to be a difference maker on Sunday night. Looking at the injury report, the injury report which doesn't include Today's practice, because that hasn't been released yet, sees Ayuk, Debo and Verrett as did not participate and Ben Garland was limited with an ankle injury. So going into the game against the Cards on Sunday night, where do we think the matchups are going to be? Where, where do we think the game's going to be won and lost? What do we need to do and who needs to perform? Well, what a, what a first game. What a... What a great test to get back to football and some some happy moments rather than all this gloomy 2020 that we've had so far. Um, it's going to be stacked everywhere, I think. Um, I want to talk, obviously, about Trent Williams and Chandler Jones. You know, uh, Chandler Jones was arguably the best defensive defensive end last year with 19 sacks. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I want to talk, obviously, about their receiving corps and our secondary. We've uh, we had the best secondary in the league last year, and they've obviously added uh, one of the best player on there. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I think there's a lot to talk about. Um, let's quickly mention that it's at Levi and 
obviously with the fires uh, going on in California right now, uh, there is a chance, albeit apparently quite small, that the game might be postponed, cancelled because of the air quality due to the ashes and and all that. I'm sure many people have seen the orange pictures <laughs> from San Francisco this morning, which is quite eerie and quite very fitting to this year. But uh, so yeah, there's still a possibility that we don't even have a game. Um, but where, where do you guys think we should start talking? I think you, you, you've covered some good points there. I think the uh, what I'm interested in seeing is is particularly where Sherman is going to line up. Is he, is he going to follow uh, Hopkins or is he going to stick to his side of the field uh, and cover whoever he gets? Uh, I'm expecting to see the Cardinals line up with three wide receivers for, for much of the game. So I think we will see... A, uh, uh, a lot of K1 Williams, um, which isn't a bad thing because he's he's a fantastic corner, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and I think I can see the Cardinals are going to go out all guns blazing. Uh, it seems to be that's the approach of the coach. That that's that's clearly what they've built the team for, uh, and they are going to try and uh, uh, sling the ball around uh, a little bit. I hope that gives us an opportunity for a few turnovers, a few interceptions. Um, remains to be seen. But ultimately, every single game, in my opinion, is pretty much won or lost in the trenches. Uh, and that's where there's going to be a, a good battle. And I want to see our D-line uh, you know, start the game hot uh, and really make Kyler Murray uh, unsettled from the beginning and, and neutralise the receiving core that he's got to play with. Yeah, I think both good points. I, I mean, I believe the run game will be much improved, like Lisa at the start. All last season, towards the end, everyone thought we were just a run-heavy team, but we struggled to run the ball against Arizona. I think we ran it 50 times for 150 yards, like worth, what, three yards per carry. But there's context, like week nine, Skull and Brunskill started at left tackle. Jusek didn't play. Lee's already said Kittle didn't play. I think uh, Raheem Mostart had six or seven carries in both games, and something tells me that. He'll be slightly higher this season against the Cardinals. Um, so, like everyone just said there, I think we've got a lot to talk about. Just delighted we've got 49er football on as it stands at the moment after a horrific 2020. Do you think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be as effective with Kyler Murray throwing him the ball as opposed to uh, Watson? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think he's elite, uh, as elite can be. Uh, his new contract proves it. Um, he can catch anything. I mean, you can you can just put highlight readers on with with this guy and one-handed uh, contested catches to low to the ground. He can catch pretty much anything. So I, com- uh, I, I completely agree that Hopkins is the lead. However, what I'm saying is, if, if you look at Watson, what Watson was, you would say would definitely be in the top five quarterbacks in the league. But now he's going to Kyler Murray and. Would you even say Kyler Murray's in the top 15? Kyler Murray was rookie of the year, so he's definitely, you know, he's got growing to do, but I think he's I think he's very decent quarterback. I'm hoping for kind of a slump, a second-year slump, as we, you know, we, we often see. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a good combo. I think good wide receivers make bad quarterbacks look way better than, than they are. I think as well, didn't they have um, like a training camp? I've seen something on the news about a mini training camp in June where Murray had flown Hopkins and a few of the others out. I mean, I know most teams do this, but I think they've had time to practice together and 
get on the same song sheet sort of saying I do agree when Angie Hopkins is elite and I think we've got a obviously game plan for him quite heavily on um, Sunday because his new contract proves they're going to feature him quite high in their uh, offence. Yeah, um, no disagreement for me. I think for the last few years, I've thought Hopkins is the best receiver in the uh, in the NFL. I know we, we can probably argue all night about who that is, but but I would have always gone for Hopkins. Uh, and part of that is his attitude. He, he doesn't seem to have the diva uh, a gene in him that some of the other top wide receivers have. He just he, he gets on with the game uh, and he plays the game in the in the right way. And I'm I'm sure that's that's going to help Kyler Murray uh, out out a lot. It's it's whether it's whether they put those three receivers on the field or or whether they're going to you know begin to phase Fitzgerald out of the game now that he's what sixty five or seventy five or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. are, are, are we and are we going to be facing three on almost every down? Um, oh, I, I can I can guarantee you we will. Um, the whole offense Kingsbury is brought from Oklahoma is called the air raid, which is heavily heavily spread offense. Um, so if it's not four wide receiver, it'll be three at all time. Um, I'm pretty sure it'll be north of 90% plays uh, with with free receiver at least. Um, I'm expecting 50% free receiver, 50% four receivers. That's what that's what the scheme is about. Um, it's attacking attacking space and attacking downfield. So yeah, for sure. So who are we expecting to actually? stop the connection between Murray and Dondre Hopkins because last year in the two games against the Cardinals we seemed to struggle to actually stop Kyler Murray. Now I know Nick Post has come out this week and said oh we better prepare than what we were last year we know where his weaknesses are we're going to stop them this time. It's very good saying that but how are we going to do that? Well I think you just yeah go, go for it Paul. Oh no I was just going to say the strength of our elite defence is up front isn't it it begins up front and I think the secondary benefits from the rush up front but like Gareth said at the start is Sherman gonna cover Hopkins is he gonna follow or is Sherman gonna take one side of the field and then who's gonna be partnering Sherman you know Greenlaw came into our agenda last season made some plays I don't know is there anyone else that jumps out for you guys that's maybe gonna leap forward on Sunday night and make a statement so the one for well, me, the, the the one for me would be a player that we we've had all last season and we, we all enjoyed watching him play, but he played the vast majority of last season injured, and that's D Ford. For for me, I'm expecting to see a lot more from D Ford this year than what I saw from him last year, and last year was great. It was, and you, you talk about sportsmanship and no no diva attitude. He, he restructured his contract to, you know, give us some. Some money to be able to do things uh, if if we need to this season, which to me screams a player that just wants to you know prove himself and just here to to play football and win games. I agree. I think I think default is going to be massive for us. The, the entire D line is going to be good. I think Paul is right. Um, but I'm expecting you know somebody that we got good news early on today uh, is going to play is Fred Warner. I think having him in the middle organizing the defense and making sure the our zone scheme is run properly and everybody's in the right place is going to be crucial because the one way to beat the air raid is to play a good zone and to you know eat up the space and 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 create turnovers that way um so i'm 
I'm really happy that he's back. I think I think he would have been more of a miss than if Debo doesn't play, for example. Um, just because he's the short caller, he's in the middle. Um, but we also got Kwon back and fully fit Kwon with you know a bit of preseason and camp down his leg. He showed us last year, the first few games before he got injured, uh, he's, he's quite special, especially in coverage. And that's exactly what we're going to need against these guys. Um, so, I think, as I said uh, in my intro, I think it's it's a great test. They've got elite wide receiver. They've got a very good running back. Obviously, Karen Murray can run. So we're going to be tested everywhere. And if we can if we can reply and present to to all of these challenges that they're going to throw at us and and come out on top, I think I think it'll, it'll set us really really well for the rest of the season. I think that the you know the, that defense has got to be motivated. Let's let's not talk about the last seven eight minutes of football they played. Um, mm. They got something to prove, um, and, and I hope that they they come with that attitude. You know, even though there's no fans at the stadium, they've they've got to put that to rest by making a statement early on. Uh, and I fully expect them to come out and do that. And and I think you're right. The some of that receiving threat can be nullified by the fact that we've got really fast linebackers who seem to know their positions uh, very well. Uh, uh, it's going to be potentially a busy, uh, busy afternoon for people like Warner, Greenlaw, uh, and Jimmy Ward. Um, but it's the perfect opportunity for them for them to come and, and put the game in Miami to rest. I think as well, like you said about Jimmy Ward there, Gareth. Like a lot of talk in the off season was, you know, Adams went to Seattle. Should we have made a run at him? You know, every safety that seemed to be free, everyone was clamouring for us to sign. But obviously, the coaching staff are happy with what they've got. And like you said, the last seven or eight minutes of football, they've got something to prove, haven't they? And what, what way to start against one of the elite receivers in the NFL, opening, opening night. So do you not think it was more on the offence than the defence? And, and, and I really hate to go back to reanalyzing the Super Bowl. But do you not think it was more the offence field to execute than the defence? Obviously, the defence were caught out, but some of those holding calls were never, ever going to help the defence. Well, it's a team sport, isn't it? Um, I always hate when people say the offence won it or lost it or the defence won it or lost it. it. It's a team sport. It's 11 people on. We're all on the same team. Either everybody's lost or, um, mm. or everybody's won. Yeah, it's, completely agree. It, you, can, you can point and pray, yeah, yeah the offence wasn't played. You, you can look at the Super Bowl, you can look at any game and you can say, yeah, the offense won it just because of a flashy play here and there. But you can also look at, oh, the, the Mr. Tackle here or they allowed that one play that, that changed it all. So it's, I, I don't like separating. It's very media-centric and it's, it's where you see what you remember. Everybody's going to remember this Tyreek Hill reception. I think it's going to hurt for quite a while. But ultimately, that just that one play didn't lose us the Super Bowl. It's it's a combination of everything, and that's why football is so amazing. It's not you can yeah you can pinpoint one particular moment sometimes, but it's gen- genuinely not very effective. It's not it doesn't have that much effect. Maybe on the mental, but altogether, I think it, it's a team sport. If one one of the people don't you know we won the Pittsburgh game on the back of the defense. You can win a game just by having one of the side winning or not, but if we, if your offense doesn't score a point ever, you don't win a point either. So even if your defense doesn't allow points, so I think it's very mute. Um, but I think Paul is right. Uh, I think you know Tarp and Ward have 
got something to prove, and all of our cornerbacks are on contract years. They're going to want to show up. But they, they they want a new contract. They want to play football. Yeah. So what better what better stage to say week one we shut down the Arizona Cardinals offense, which seemed like everybody's talking about them like the Browns from last year, where with you know OBJ and and Landry they were going to win the Super Bowl before they even played a game. And this Cardinals team seems a little bit similar. They've added very, very good pieces everywhere and they got stronger. But we were strong and we got stronger. So I think it's going to be interesting. I want to talk about Kyle's plan. Um, what do we think uh, is going to happen? Are we going to be much of the same? Are we going to try something different in the run game or in the passing game? What do you guys think? Well, to, to answer this question, I'm going to have to answer one of the questions that was going to leave until later. So <laughs> somebody else in the group had answer, uh, asked a very similar question. Um, what do you think Kyle's plan will be? Is it going to be a heavy run game or do we let Jimmy open up a little? Or do we keep it simple and lean on the run game more so due to uh, our receiver situation? So in my opinion, what we saw in the play calling throughout last season in respect to Jimmy wasn't to do with confidence in his ability to make the throws and more to do in the confidence around the strength of his knee. I think the vast majority of last season was risk mitigation and protection of Jimmy, which we could easily do due to the strength of our running game. We didn't have to put him in a position where we needed him to make throw after throw after throw. So we are now two years removed from the knee injury. The brace is off and I believe this year we will see a lot more through the air. Well, let's not forget, he threw for 3,978 yards last season, 27 touchdowns. And if you look back over his career highlights, there are plenty of examples of him being successful throwing the ball deep, both for us and his three appearances for the Patriots. Does he have a problem when he's under pressure? Yes, I believe in, he did in 2019. But how much of that was a mental problem after his injury? And do we think he'll show progression this year? And again, in my opinion, I think we will because he's now got that one full season as a starter under his belt. He's two years removed from that injury. I think we're going to see a much more confident Jimmy G this year. And I think Shanahan is going to have a lot more confidence to let him air it out. Yeah, I, I agree. It's been a it's been something that has, has been needling me for a while, this constant stuff. And, and particularly the Shanahan doesn't trust Jimmy nonsense. Which, yeah, uh, as as you said, if you've got a power run game like we had against Green Bay in the NFC Championship game, if, if you're, you're peeling off seven, eight yards of carry, you don't need to throw the ball. It's it's risky. If we thrown the ball, it gets tipped or, or bounces off a receiver's hands, gets intercepted. It's a pick six. People would be saying, oh, Shanahan should have stayed with the run game. Um, I think that's nonsense. Uh, I think possibly why we, as as you said, we saw a lot of the run game, but also don't forget that towards the end of the season there, we only really had Debo, Sanders and Bourne as reliable receivers. Why risk them sending them up for catches, you know, getting nailed by a safety? Why why risk them in that, particularly that second half of the NFC Championship game? Uh, I'm, I'm fully expecting Jimmy to be, uh, to polish off those rough edges of the games. And if he can just uh, avoid a few of the daft interceptions, then uh, you know he's 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 up there in. I certainly think he's a top ten quarterback, and hopefully people will start giving him some respect. Uh, but certainly, I respect him that he doesn't seem to be bothered by the fact that people are talking all this nonsense about him. 
Um, I don't know where it comes from when other people uh, uh, really sing the praises of, of just for example, someone like Dak Prescott who hasn't won a playoff game. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go Jimmy. And, and Jimmy's got a much better receiving core. Uh, he's got Jerick McKinnon coming out of the backfield to catch and four tight ends, uh, certainly with Jordan Reed and, and, um, and Kittle. I think that's why, as you said, maybe, maybe Jimmy's going to be better on his knees. But I also think Shanahan's finally got the receiving core he wants. And that's when we'll hopefully see him open up the playbook. Um, and just final on that, the people who've been talking about that clearly didn't see the Saints game, didn't see, you know, the passes that Jimmy pulled out in that game. They didn't see the back-to-back third and 18s he completed on a game-winning drive in the last minute against the Rams. They didn't see the passes he, he put out in Washington and, Buff- uh, and Baltimore in absolutely atrocious weather. So I've got no concerns about it, and I don't want to ever talk about it again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally agree with that. everything you've just said there, Gareth. Sorry, Nancy. I was just going to say that was one of my big points coming. This was Jimmy G. I've always been a massive fan since we signed him, and totally agree with everything you've said there, especially McKinnon. I think we're going to yeah. see Shanahan's had all off season to figure out which players work best against Joseph. He'll be frustrated that last year's two games didn't go to plan, and I just. I just think he's gonna. We're gonna see him open the playbook up. I mean, it's difficult. We don't know which wide ups are gonna suit up on Sunday night. But mm-hmm. I agree with everything you've all said. There. I think we're gonna open the playbook. I mean, it, it, I think Shanahan's just gonna have fun on Sunday night. I don't know whether we're gonna go pass heavy, run heavy. I just think on Sunday he's gonna be like, right, this is what I've got now. Here we go. How much do you think Debo's gonna play on Sunday night? I hope he. I hope he's fully fit. Um, saying that, I. I don't want him to play if he's not. Um, we're going to need him down down the stretch. Um, yeah. He's, you know, I think he's, proved, he's proven last year that he's a massive part of the offense and is is very instrumental in in what we do well. Um, and not just catching the ball is is an amazing blocker on the periphery as well. So, um, I just I just hope he doesn't rush in. Um, he's, he seemed to have taken his recovery really well. Um, I heard he was doing. Um, some fitness tests on the side on one of the side pitch uh, a few days or maybe a week ago. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful it plays. I just hope let's let's not start the season by losing one of our big players. That would that would be nice. Um, I think last year we you know we've had loads of little ailments all season long that just kind of hampered us and made us doubt that we could be competitive until until we were basically. Um, you know, I don't want to see a Keaton injury. I don't want to see a Quan Alexander injury again. And I know it's going to happen. It's football. But um, I hope he plays. Um, I will say, though, about Jimmy, he's got his favorite little target back, uh, train te- you know, train Taylor's back. Um, that's going to be a massive help. So even if Debo doesn't play, um, I'm hopeful that, you know, Bourne, Ayuk, if it's fit as well, um, train Taylor and, uh, you know, Kittle and Jordan Reed uh, are going to, you know, provide enough to cover for him anyway. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to see him spread the ball around and get get those players back in into the thick of a game. McKinnon, uh, Taylor, Weeds, you know, haven't played for for some time. I, I, as you said, I don't see any reason to necessarily risk Debo playing every snap uh, if he's if he's not fully fit. Uh, we've seen before. I, I, I doubt Ayuka will will be you know the the starter as such. I'm sure he'll get in the game and they'll want to get him a pass. But hopefully, I don't think they're going to give him a, a you know much of a workload, which is right. 
And it's that chance for, for Dante Pettis to come in and say, yeah, I'm a third receiver. You should be able to rely on me. Um, and also, I've always been impressed that Bourne has just steadily improved his game uh, year on year. Um, and there's there's a chance that those two, those two guys are going to get an opportunity. And yeah, we don't need to, to rush, rush Debo back if he's not 100%. Get him a few snaps, yeah. You know, get him perhaps a, ca- a catch or two, but hopefully we won't need to uh, uh, to be relying on him. I think the key as well as our offensive line will be at full health, which should be a massive bonus going into Sunday's game. Obviously, we struggled against them due to our few key injuries last year. So that perfectly takes us back to where Nadia started with the matchup against Chandler Jones and Trent Williams. How do we see that one playing out? I think it's amazing. I think it's going to be one of those fascinating one-on-one football moments to watch. Um, Chandler Jones is, has been good for a long time and is good. I just hope Trent Williams is not rusty, uh, too rusty and can get to game speed as quick as possible because we're going to need a Jimmy's blindside protected. Um, they've added, as you, as you touched on during the uh, <clears throat> during the intro, they've added Quite a bit of quite a bit of help uh, on the D line. Um, so e- even if if you double team him, the pressure could come somewhere else. Um, but I, I have faith. I heard enough about Trent Williams during camp. Uh, that makes me think he can he can handle Jones and uh, hamper his good season uh, straight from the start. It's a marquee matchup, isn't it? Like we said, we don't you know get into see these two against each other. I think I've heard positive reports of. Williams against Borsa, iron sharpening iron in training camp. I think they've had a right battle and, and really enjoyed it. Um, and as well, I think our tight ends and running backs are going to be important in this matchup. Like Nadji said there, obviously Chandler Jones is one of their better players, but it won't all be on Trent Williams, I don't think. I think our tight ends and running backs are pretty good at blocking and giving Jimmy that freedom, you know, to throw the ball and get it down the field. Mm. I think the... I do have some concerns on on the O line, not the individual personnel, but there's only McGlinchey and and Tomlinson, I think, who were really our starters last year. So obviously we know what Trent Williams can do, but he's new, and it's just that gelling as a unit and and getting you know that that link with with Jimmy and getting all on uh, all on the same page. It's it's early season. There's been no preseason games. I'm fully expecting to see a uh, a nice sprinkling of flags across across the field. With a few uh, offensive false starts, uh, that seems to happen early, um, uh, and I, I, I can see that happening again. So there is some concern, I think, That's, in centre. But it's very interesting you touch on flags because um, I think we will. Um, I think I touched on it during the preview show. I think teams that have been together for a long time will fare better this season mm. because of the whole you know COVID nineteen situation, and I think. Because they have so much new pieces, um, the Cardinals they might they might struggle on this department. I think it, it is it is going to be a close game, and close game usually relies on whoever makes the least mistake uh, usually wins the game. Um, so I hope that our line can get their stuff together. Thankfully, they won't have crowd noise to worry about. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good point. I think discipline is going to be very very important. I hope we can. Uh, keep our stuff together and and not do too many mistakes um, because it is going to be quite important, I think. Yeah, but potentially uh, defensive pass interference when they've got a lot of receivers on the field. 
Yeah. We've also got a look at the matchup of Baker versus Kittle. I think a few 49ers <laughs> fans had the impression that Baker's a bad player. And I personally don't think he is a bad player. Um, but obviously, Kittle didn't play very much against him. So I think that could be something that's keen on Sunday to come to the forefront of you know the matchups we're talking about. Well, you talk about revenge, right? He made Kittle made Buda Baker look silly um, a couple of times. I think I think he's going to want revenge on that. And yeah, if people think the Cardinal secondary is bad, um, I, I think it's very very misleading. They they did have a bad season. I think Patrick Peterson had a bad season last season, uh, but he's a top top cornerback. Um, they signed Drake Kirkpatrick, which you know. Played okay for Bengals team that wasn't very good at all. So you know, I think you know Lee's favorite Isaiah Simmons might show um, that he's a good coverage linebacker. He's very 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 fast. So we'll see. I don't have quite as much hopes for him as you do, Lee, purely because he's a rookie and he hasn't had time to adjust to to NFL level. Um, and I think he's going to struggle uh, at least against us because it's his first ever pro game. And that's just going to be a bit much for him. But uh, I agree that he's going to turn well, I've be a got great to say, I remember Patrick Willis's very first pro game, and he looked yeah, as though he'd played in the NFL for ten years. So some people, some people are just better. He's a different type of linebacker. He's more on the fast side. If you look at um, somebody like uh, what's the name of the guy from the Bears? Uh, oh, from Georgia. People will, re- will realize. Um, He's, a, he's an outside linebacker and he struggled mightily for about six, six, seven games and then started to get on uh, good. Um, I think that's what's going to happen to him. He's going to struggle a little bit before before he realizes what he needs to do to play good. Uh, and I hope I hope George Kill can abuse that and show him what the pro level is about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we've covered Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson. Um, I think there was a there was a comment about how much the Cardinals held our run game last year. Um, again, Kittle wasn't part of those games for a large part of them, only one quarter, and you know how important that Kittle is to our run game. So I think that's going to be completely different this year. Plus, just just look at the way that Trent Williams, just look at the the additional speed on the O line and blocking that we get from Trent Williams. I think that's going to make a huge difference as well, as far as our run game is concerned. And then you have to look at Jarek McKinnon. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. many different pieces have, have and come Jusek, together. And Jusek didn't play in week nine, and he's that's a massive right. yeah. part of our run yeah, game. Yeah, you know, like didn't play. And, and we got Jet, you know, finally after two years waiting. You know, the, It was the big first signing uh, after the horrible year that we had. That kind of like kickstarted this whole organization, and he's he stuck around and took a restructured deal to you know just play for it, mm. which I he must be hungry. Um, I don't think he'll stop. I think Tevin Coleman will. Uh, I think Carlos shown that he's trusting him, even you know injured in a Super Bowl he started rather than Mustard, who had the best Niners running back game of all time. He, you know he, he still went with Tevin Coleman, so I think Coleman will start, but um. If if we can have a fresh McKinnon in the third, when everybody starts having jelly legs from you know the first first game and not adjusted to the speed, then I c- I can imagine him bursting a big one and uh, making us forget my, that we lost my breather that season. 
Yeah, I think I think we we touched on earlier. I, th- I think we're still going to be a run first offense. I think that clearly Shanahan set out that that's what he wants to do. There's the old saying of you, you've got to earn passing the ball by being able to run the ball. And and as you said, I'm really keen to see what what McKinnon can do. Shanahan's always liked his pass catching backs, and I think this is the first time we've we've really had had one who is a should we say a specialist sort of pass catching back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's. it's Oh yeah, I've been looking forward to seeing him. Hopefully, he can get in the game early, get a catch, get a touch, get into contact, uh, and get himself back up to speed, and he can start showing us what he can do. I also like as well um, this week. Obviously, Sky started their own NFL channel, and with me working from home, that's been an absolute Brucey bonus watching that every day. <laughs> and the, the, the hatred that we're getting, like Nate Burlington, was like I think he dropped us well down in his power rankings. I know you shouldn't take much notice of that. But I think again, the more it was, you know, we're sneaking up there. People aren't expecting much of us, you know. The Chiefs are going to go back to back. The Saints are going to win. You know, the Buccaneers with all their new shiny toys are going to win. And I think, you know, I'm confident ahead of this season. I know this time last year we were coming off a of four and twelve, and we all were optimistic. But I don't know what you guys think, but I'm definitely really confident of going into this season. And we have a good football team, and we've added some pieces. And I'm really looking forward to showing what we can do. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I've got a lot of confidence this year. I think last year I'd have been happy with the playoffs. Um, obviously, we got all the way through the Super Bowl. I think this year we are stronger overall. Um, obviously, we became a little bit weaker when once Buckner went. But that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. find out what Kinlaw's like once he actually plays a game. And I know a lot's been said about um, the death chart and the fact that he's not starting on the death chart. Neither did Nick Bosa last year, yet he played yeah. as a starter throughout the season. So I wouldn't read too much into that. And yeah. I, I do honestly, I mean, I made the prediction of 14-2 uh, because I thought realistically, I think we can. I think the Cardinals away will be a tricky game. I think the Saints in the uh, Soup Dome will be a tricky game. But if if I'm honest, I mean, I made that bold prediction of going 16-0, and Go all the way to the Super Bowl and win it all. I, I do honestly believe that. I think we've got that good a team, but you need the luck as well, as far mm-hmm. as injuries are concerned. Mm, yeah. If we manage to go through relatively injury free, because nobody's gone through injury free, let's face no. it. No. But if we can keep it to a minimum, then I think we have the strongest roster in the NFL, and I think we can do it. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, you see power rankings and all that. And it's, most of the time, it's a popularity contest more than anything. And pe- clearly, people love bashing us for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. I think it might be because of the dynasty in a time, you know, and now we're not winning Super Bowls after Super Bowl. So we've got to hate those guys. But I never take it's you know, I never take too much credit in what people say, especially... People on the TV, right? They they're here to entertain you more than actually be accurate. More than anything, they're here to spark a conversation. Um, yeah. I am little be. I'm very optimistic, and I really love our team, and I love the mentality. I love um, the way we, you know, behave as as human. As, as so the the organization gave a bunch of money to social injustice uh, charity. So. Um, you know, I'm just proud to be a Niners at this point. Um, I am a little bit skeptic about this season, just purely because of the whole COVID-19. I just, 
I just think it's such a massive unknown. Like we, uh, these teams are so normally well drilled, and everything is the same every week. And um, and this little spanner here and there might just throw off the entire season, and then you you might lose a game here and a game there, and then everything kind of crumbles apart. So I am, you know, I, I'm not as optimistic as you are, but I just don't like to be disappointed. I guess so. That's why I've I've always gone on a on a hair of caution. Um, except in my predictions where I'll go 45 to 6 or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think Lee, you're right. I think our roster is, is probably the strongest in the, in the NFL. I, I can't think of a team at the top of my head like this that has this much depth everywhere. Um, you know, when, you, when Jordan Reed is your second tight end, when you know, D Ford is your second defensive end. It, it's going to be difficult to to make her lose but to make us look bad um i just hope we go and play good football i don't mind losing if we lose to a better team um i just want us to play good football um and i think that's why you know the super bowl loss well it'll, it'll hurt for a long time but it won't hurt as much as the the ravens won because we were the better team and we should have won that game uh, against the against the chiefs it was a good game and you, you know it's gonna. It's hurting, but I think it was a good game, and we could have won it. They could have won it. They did, and and that's what happened. So I just hope we have a good season. Uh, but what a way to start if we can, you know, shut down these guys and put a bunch of points and have a dominant defense again. That'll be great. Okay, so on to game predictions. What do we think the score is going to be? Oh, it's a tough one. I think you said the over under was forty seven points. Uh, yeah, forty seven and a half. I can see why. I think I think the lack of preparation, my you know, defenses might be a bit slow to react to what's happening, and they don't have the tapes, so or they can't prepare to whatever's thrown at them. So I, I'm going to try and follow it, and I say we will win 32-25. That's slightly higher. All right, 32-25. What about you, Paul? Yeah, um, I. I'd be very surprised if we scored fewer than 27 points on Sunday. I think if we execute, we're going to light up the scoreboard. But like Nadji, I think it's going to be high scoring because first game, they're not the preseason. So I'll go around. I'm going to cheat this week and copy Nadji and go with his score. Because <laughs> to be honest, I haven't really thought point-wise ahead of tonight's uh, podcast. But I do think it'll be high scoring, but I think we'll come out on top. I think it'll be as close as what it was last year. But I think I can see us winning. For obvious reasons, yeah, yeah. I think it's a, in many respects, it's 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 a great game. It's it's a great chance to to get back into the swing of it and and exercise any demons from from the Super Bowl loss. But it's also it is a bit of a banana skin. Uh, we we don't quite know what what the Cardinals are going to do, other than we know they're much improved. But I've I've still got a stand for a win, and actually a, a point each way less than Nagy at thirty one twenty four. Right, that so that's made it. more sense mathematically. I didn't think about that. <laughs> well, that's interesting because two. mine isn't too far away from either one of those. So I'm going for a 31-20 win. 49ers. Oh, okay. 20 so points. We'll have to get... I, I'm thinking we'll have to get more than 25 points to beat, to beat yeah. the Cardinals. So I expect them to score points, but I expect us to as well. And I, and yeah. I expect our defence to come up big. Uh, and make a stop when they need it. Yeah. Right. So, Paul, you weren't on the uh, the season preview podcast. So, do you want to give us your season's predictions? 
I think we're going back to the big one. I think we're going back to the Super Bowl. Um, I think, again, I copied you in the poll. I went 14 and 2, but I am being very optimistic. I would take a 13 and 3. I'd take a 10 and 6. I don't care as long as we get the playoffs. And I think once we get there, I think we're going back. I definitely think we're going back to the Super Bowl. Maybe I've been around Jay Peplow too long, but my bold <laughs> prediction is we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. You know, Pooh Jay gets blamed every time he's not on this podcast. He is, he is isn't he? he he'll he's be... infectious, that's why. It was yeah. like, that, that, that Jay Peplow says so, and then obviously at the Super Bowl meet-up, and when you're around Jay and his positivity in the game day thread, like we were saying, our game day thread is one of the most popular around because of the interactions and the way people get on and the, the family atmosphere. And, but yeah, I think Jay would agree with me on this one. We're going yeah. to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Com- completely agreed. And that leads me on perfectly to the next bit. So, as per previous seasons, the Game Day thread will be live on Sunday. For our new members, please take a minute to read through the community rules. Thank you to Nachi, Gareth and Paul for your views on our first game of the season. It's been interesting. Thanks, yeah. Lee. Yeah, it's been good. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for hosting. Thanks, Lee. And nice to speak to you both again, Gareth and Nadji. Yeah, yeah. Good to, good to chat football again. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again to you guys, the listeners, who make this worthwhile. We'll be back on Monday with the Cardinals Review Show. If you haven't done so already, please rate us on iTunes and remember to subscribe to ensure you get the latest podcast when they are released. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful UK. Until Monday, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart Like Joe Montana in the corner deep Clark Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99 Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline NDB, greatest owner of all time Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick Where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget